Hello, Restoration Church. Uh, sitting here with Nathan, and we are going to start a new, I don't know, four or five, six week series. We'll see how long it takes on the church. So just church basics. My goodness, Joey. I'm thinking the person's listening to this going, seriously, all you guys do is talk about the church. Well, we love the church, but we are. We're going to talk about various aspects of the church. Now, some people that have been around for a while may have heard these things and maybe even are teaching them to others, and we praise God for that. Amen. But there are also, and just in the life of our church, there is a cyclical nature, which we praise God for. We get to send people all over the world, literally. Yeah. And so, but one of the things that I think we need to do as a church, because there is a cyclical nature, is keep saying some of the same things over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just part of our ministry. Well, I think, too, when we, we talk about the, the importance of the local church in the life of a Christian, I think what, there are some things that we can have some level of confidence that are being talked about around evangelicalism in some you know, way, shape, or form, Jesus, gospel, these kinds of things. But it is just not normally very popular for Christians to have well-formed ideas about the local church. We just, we can't, I don't assume that of any Christian that I meet. Uh, I may find that to be the case, but I just right. don't assume it. And so we have to keep talking about this over and over again because we don't have a lot of confidence that these ideas that the Bible teaches about the local church are being reinforced in other places as much as we would yeah. like for them to. We've talked about it a little bit when we came out to to start restoration, to plant restoration church, is that the the world of church planting is to read a lot of books about how to gather people. Yeah. But it never really talks about what you're gathering them to. What is it you're trying to start? What yep. is it you're trying to do? And as we've said often from the very beginning, our hope was not just to gather a crowd quickly, but to gather a people intentionally. That's right. And that use of the word people is, is intentional. Uh, so thinking about if, Nathan, if you were to begin to make a defense for uh, or a promotion of the local church, where would you start? Well, I'd start in the book of Genesis. Okay, where all think, good theology starts. That's right. And I'd just track it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Most notably, I would identify the fact that God has always had a definable group of people in a definable place, as it were, uh, operating under his particular rule and blessing for his glory. So uh, you, that may sound familiar to some of you. I'm just ripping that off from God's Big Picture, a wonderful little book about biblical theology, the storyline of the Bible. So I'd start with the local church by understanding that in the garden, God had a definable group of people in a, in a, in a place, Adam and Eve, right, in the Garden That's of right. Eden. Uh, we fast forward up to Genesis 12 and on out from there. We have Abraham, which gives a lineage to a particular people. And it's noted, by the way, that Abraham has some children that are not in his line that are not the definable group of people um, as opposed to those that are. And so then you get Israel, which is you know a, a group that goes into a particular place of Israel that has particular laws that are setting them up in particular ways so as to distinguish them from the rest of the world. And then finally, of course, you have the person of Jesus that comes and is defined and is separate from the world in various ways. And that eventually leads to the church that is defined and oriented to the same what it always has been eventually till you get to the teaching on heaven, where you have heaven and hell being bifurcated. And so we, I think we tend to think that in this middle time of already not yet, namely that the kingdom of Christ is here but not consummated, that in some way, well, that's the universal church. We'll get to that question in a minute. That's less definable, but I think it fits the narrative more to have a definable group of God's people with a definable place and a definable way. Yeah, and so that's... What the church is, church is simply God's people, 
Uh, or if you were, what's the Greek word church mean, Nathan? Ecclesia. Which means, that's that's what the Greek word is. Oh, sorry. What is the Greek word mean? <laughs> <laughs> what is the Greek word mean? Oh, assembly. An assembly, yeah. Uh, so most fundamentally, in some ways, it's the sim- assembly, the gathering of God's people. Uh, and there's a particular message that we gather around uh, and those types of things. And yeah. so, so I sometimes say if someone say that they're a Christian on the I meet someone on the street and they say they're a Christian. I say, oh, that's great. Where do you go to church? Yeah. That's and, you know, a lot of times they won't have a church. So they'll say they sometimes go to a church. And I'll sometimes say to them very kindly and hopefully compassionately, well, isn't it strange that Christians wouldn't gather with other Christians since yeah. the church is means to assemble? Why would you not assemble with other with the assembly? It's just sort of odd. Yeah. Anyway. So I think there's. Yeah. So you mentioned it. Difference between the universal and the local church. So some people would would say rightly. Mm-hmm. I'm part of the universal church. I don't have to be part of a local church. Yeah, let's so, let's, what, let's let's give credence to that, right? So Jesus identifies himself as a church uh, when he's talking to Paul on the road to Dis- on the road to Damascus. We think back to Matthew 16, where Jesus says, "I will build my church." I think he understands that to mean universally. We look in uh, the new heavens and new earth. We have all all tribes, all tongues, all nations gathering around the throne. I understand that to be the great assembly of the universal church. So that's a true teaching. It's just not the only. Right. So it's a true statement that yeah. I can be part of the universal church and don't have to be part of a local church. Right. But at the same time, the analogy I use is if, if I were to walk into a room and I were to see a pinky sitting in a jar yes. on the desk. Now, it's no less a pinky, yeah. but I would know that's not – but something happened. That's right. not the way that it's supposed to be. It's not it's the way – attached to a hand. That's right. It's not the way it was designed. Yeah. So why it is it why is it important yeah. that you know maybe while well, it's a true statement maybe not the most helpful statement. Yeah. Well, if you want to emphasize your identification with the universal church, that it would be obvious, I would think, that the logical step would then to then if you recognize yourself as a member of the universal church, why would you not recognize yourself as a member of a local church which is identifying with that universal church? It would be odd that you would understand yourself to be part of the great assembly and yet not be part of a manifested assembly in the local church. Uh, so it's just a sort of a strange thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think as you, as you read the scriptures, uh, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you don't see people who are part of the people of God that are separated from the people of God. Yep. Uh, yes, you have the Ethiopian eunuch. Maybe oh, we'll talk about maybe, great Ethiopian eunuch. Maybe silver we'll, bullet. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about him next yeah. time. Uh, but I believe he was going to plant churches. Yeah. Uh, he was going to unreached peoples. And obviously, you can't be part of a church yeah. where there is no church. There was no assembly around for him That's to right. assemble with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but today, if you go to Ethiopia, guess what you would have? Yeah. You would have churches. Yeah. Uh, maybe another way of saying this: a good illustration that we use a lot is, is if you say that you're a fan of the Washington Nationals, right? We would understand, right, that you. Uh, if, if you said, like, I'm a fan, which is to say I am the, a member of the universal, quote-unquote, church of the Washington National Fan Club. And I were to say, Nathan, how many games have you been to this year? Uh, none. How many games have you watched on TV? I know it's expensive uh, to go. You know, I think I saw when I was at the bar last week. I saw a couple innings. You know, Strasburg threw some good pitches. Hey, do you know anybody else besides Strasburg? Yeah, Bryce Harper. <laughs> anybody else? Uh, not really. Yes. Yeah. Do, you, do you own any of their paraphernalia? Uh, you know, I think I got a free T-shirt that one time when I went to that bar and they were watching the game. I got a free T-shirt. But I'm a Nationals fan. You see the problem. 
Yes. Right. So you can say that you're a fan of a particular sports team, but when you don't actually go and watch their games, you don't know their players, you don't uh, kind of you, you don't experience the ups and downs of being part of that fan club of that team, then you might say that you're a fan of that team, but in actuality, you're really not, as is evidenced by your activity uh, in real life. Uh, assembling with those other fans and doing the things fans do. So Universal Church lends itself to most naturally when we make that known through joining with a local church. We'll talk about church membership next time. Uh, But why is it, do you think, that a lot of people are unwilling to uh, commit to or go to or... Uh, just take part in a in a local church. Well, I think we're learning about this through the book of Judges, right? We need to be careful to not adopt the gods that are around us. And as we've been saying a lot through Judges, um, the gods that are around us are not Baal and Ashtaroth, right? We don't have to worry about those gods. That's who, that's who they had to worry about, right. but that's not who we have to worry about. So then we ask the question, well, what is the God we need to be worried about? And the God that we need to be concerned about and attentive to is the God of self, the God of individuality, the supremacy of self. And the way that works as it relates to the local church is, is we are taught nowadays, not just with local church kind of stuff, it could be really anything, to be very noncommittal so as to try and uh, trumpet the self and how self is then going to be autonomous. That's the God who's around us. That's what we're being taught. Be autonomous. Do not commit to other things and other people because that's going to bind you. And bind you is often understood in our culture as something as being bad, Mm is not good. You need to be, quote, free. And to be free is to not be bound. And so don't commit to a local church because that's going to bind you. It'll not make you autonomous, and therefore it won't make you as individualistic as you ought to be in order to be free, and then you're going to be unhappy, which, of course, is wrong kinds of thinking. That's not biblical thinking. So I think – so just to bring all that back together, Joey, what I just said there was uh, the reason why I think a lot of times people are not joining churches is not because they've studied the Bible and seen that it's not in there. Local church membership is not in there. What they're doing is they're just referring back to the teaching that they get every single day, namely, I need to be autonomous and I don't want to commit and bind myself to another group of people because that would bind me, and freedom is not being bound. Yeah, so I think that's that's certainly one reason is the the, the, the water in which we swim. Mm-hmm. I think another legitimate reason is some people have been burned by the church. Yep. And yep. so they've, they've, had, they've had personal, real, raw experiences yeah. where the church has just done bad things to them, whether yeah. that's church leadership or other church members. Right. And so now they're hesitant. I remember doing a membership interview with uh, somebody that became a wonderful member of our church, and they were a bit hesitant to come in, and uh, they talked about members' meetings. You know, We were just talking about members' meeting at the membership interview, right. and she was saying how awful members me- membership meetings were. They were just terrible. They scarred her. And so I remember her walking into our first members meeting and just sort of putting my arm around her saying, all right, this is not going to be so bad. Yeah. We hope. Yeah, we hope. (laughs) Yeah. And and I remember when she left the church as a member of the church, I remember her tearfully weeping as she left the church because she had a good experience. Hopefully that's always the case here. So, and I think that's, that's important as we, as we, uh, both as pastors and as members listening to this, if somebody's not committing, understanding why. Yep. 
Because the person who's just saying, well, I don't want to because I don't want to, versus the person saying, well, I, I would love to, but my experience is horrible. Yeah. Those are two different conversations. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then I think another reason that people are unwilling to commit in some ways is, is part of the, the American problem is because there's so many good options to choose from. Yeah. Right? So I might want to go yeah. to this church on this Sunday, and it might be yeah. a wonderful, faithful, gospel-preaching yeah. church. I like and, the music over there. That's right. But I like the preaching over here. That's right. And so, you know, that kind of American problem, which a lot of other places just don't have. Well, it goes back to what I was saying before, like binding yourself yeah. to one local church. Yeah. It goes against the ethos that we're taught. Yeah. yeah. So be autonomous. That's right. Don't limit your options. Yeah. So, yeah, which is not biblical, but rarely will you hear se- someone say, you know, well, I study the Bible, and now that I think, uh, after having studied the Bible, I don't think I want to join a church. Right. Most of the time, it's it's something, you know, we've run into this a lot, that's why we're doing this, um, is because, you know, at the end of the day, they don't feel like they have to. That's right. about the totality yeah. of the argument. Yeah. So hopefully you'll see, if this podcast, the next, and the others, why not only do you have to, but you get to. If you take Christ, if you're trusting Christ, it's not that you have to gather with God's people and join yourself to, but you get to. Mm. It's part of what it means to love God and to love neighbor. Yeah. And so this is not just a box that we check. We'll talk about that. But this is a, a committing, a loving, an affection for God and his people. Yeah. And so it, it, is, it is so incredibly formative. In our love of God and love of neighbor, it defines, it helps us define what we believe about God and it helps us define the people at which we are to love. And that bends our heart towards that true north uh, as opposed to not binding it. Your loves are just, it's more difficult to be bound and have your loves bound in particular directions. I've, man, I've just seen this. Even if the Bible didn't teach it, I think I'd do it anyway. Just because I've seen so many people, it affect positively. So many people, myself included. Yeah. Yeah, so how is it? Uh, we've talked about the importance of the church. The church is the people of God. Yeah. We've talked about the, the universal church yep. versus the local church. How is it we begin to define something as a church? Yeah. So there's a lot of lot of buildings even in our own city that have the name church on the outside that I'm not sure all of them are true churches. Uh, true churches. Some yeah. of them are churches, but maybe not healthy churches. Yeah. Uh, so what is it that... Well, and you have other ministries all over the place. That's right. You know, right. Campus Outreach is campus a ministry out. that we support at American yeah. University. We were going to say not a church. That's right. Ministry to the Poor, which is good stuff. We Central Union Mission. Central Union Mission. We DC 127. Yeah. These are Christian organizations where some kind of assembling happen, happens, but not in the same way. Yeah. So... What's ha- a church? How do we look at what is a church? So... Yeah. What is a church? Yeah, most fundamentally, it's three things. So I'm going to do the first one. You're going to do the second All one. Right. right. If you feel catch where I'm going here, I'll do the yeah. first one. So the first one is the proper preaching of the gospel. That's right. Right. So we have to have a proper preaching of the gospel. So uh, the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, wherein uh, Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man and lived a sinless life and died as a substitute for the penalty of of sinners who repent and believe, taking that punishment, being buried and rising on the third day, and those that, again, that repent and believe have new life in him. Those that believe that core message have to be preaching it regularly and applying it regularly. Uh, it's in their statement of beliefs. It may not have to be on a piece of paper, but that's what they believe and that's what they're teaching. So that's what makes me say, here's a radical statement, I do not believe that St. Anne's right here in our community is a true church. Now, that's a big statement, right? That is a huge statement. Huge statement. Why would you say that? Well, because they're going to say the St. Anne's Roman Catholic Church. So are you saying there's no Christians at St. Anne's? uh, It's possible that there are some Christians there. That's right. 
Uh, so but we're talking at the corporately. corporate institutional yeah. level, not yeah. just the individual. That's right. Yeah. But that's right. So we're defining a local church, which right. is the assembly, not just individual Christians. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so because they teach that you have to, yes, repent and believe and trust in Jesus, but you also have to faithfully administer the sacraments. And if you do those sacraments enough, you'll get enough grace to then be saved. Right. That's just not the gospel. We don't understand that to be the gospel. So one would be a proper preaching of the gospel. Another one would be a church that would say something like, you know, um, you have to, Repent, believe on Jesus, and if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved. Well, that church may believe in a lot of the similar things in the same way that we do, but there's something because they're advocating a gospel that is not the gospel, then I can't say that's a true church. So one would be the proper preaching the gospel. Joey, what Which, would be a second? What I have to say out of that one is, is Galatians 1. If you want a scripture to go look at, yeah. Galatians 1, Paul says, if anybody preaches a different gospel, not that there is another gospel, yeah. but let him be anathema, that yeah. is, accursed. Yeah, and so and come back to the Roman Catholic thing at the Council of Trent. They say that we are anathema. Yeah, so, just to make that clear. Yeah, yeah they so, think we're not a true church. Yeah. yeah, so there's a difference between Catholicism and Protestantism. Yes, that's a, that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the yeah the the proper preaching of the gospel. What's the second one? The the proper portrayal or picturing of the gospel, yeah. and what I mean there is the administering of the ordinances. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord Jesus gave two ongoing ordinances to His church mm-hmm. that He both commanded. And exemplified in his life. So one would be baptism. Mm. And so we're not going to go into the whole thing there because we're going to do a whole podcast on it. But baptism is an entrance into the community, and it pictures the gospel, life, right. death, burial, resurrection. Yep. So, uh, And the, the second ordinance would be the Lord's Supper. And that's the ongoing covenant renewal ceremony where we see uh, Christ and his people gathering together around the broken bread, his body, and the, the juice, his, his blood. So again, we'll do a mm-hmm. podcast on that. But those are the ordinances that, that both picture the gospel for God's community. So we have the proper preaching, the proper portrayal or picturing, and then third, uh, we would have the, the, the proper protection of the gospel, which is comes through uh, restorative church discipline or in everyday discipling as well. Yeah. And so not only do you yeah. have to proclaim the proper gospel, but a church is healthiest yeah. when it's also actively protecting that gospel. Yeah, I think it's important to make that di- that uh, bifurcation there. I think yeah. it's you know I think you can be a true church and have those two f- first you know those first two marks right. That's right. So uh, you can be a church. So this third one we're saying the protective of the gospel is something that we're going to say is important. One because Jesus taught it, but two. And he told us to, you know, to teach people to obey all that I've commanded you. But secondly, uh, it is really helpfully defining what the gospel is. Those first two things we said. And who, who's in the who and the what of the gospel, right? It's the restorative church discipline is doing that. So it's possible, just to be clear. That's right. Somebody may not be practicing restorative church discipline. We think they should. We think Jesus commanded that. Uh, but we're not going to say you can't be a true church if you're not actively doing that. We're going to say it's unhealthy. But we're not going to say that you're not a church. Yeah. So real quick, last question on that point. That at some line, there's a black and white church, not church. Yeah. So if you believe a false gospel, not a church. Right. But you can believe the same gospel that we believe, the same gospel taught in Scripture. Yep. And you would be a church, but there's also not just black-white, but there's also this scale of healthy and unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. First, why is it important we have both those categories? Not a church, church, and healthy, unhealthy. Yeah, well, I, I think so. We're we're defining two separate things. Right? That's right. So we got to yes. make those really clear. Yeah. Is one is you know we're saying either it is or it isn't. It's an on or off switch, 
right? And then the other one we're saying, you know, is a separate question. We're saying whether or not it's healthy in those two things. That's right. And I think it's, it's yeah. important that we have both those categories because if we start saying everything is on and off, yeah. we lose a voice on a lot of things. Right. That's right. Because not yeah. everything is the most essential yeah. issue, even if we think it's really important. Yeah. And so, yeah. Hopefully you see that in the life of our church. Yeah. We're transferring people, you know, members to other churches that we don't think maybe are the best, but they are true churches. That's right. So hopefully if you just pay attention to our life together, you'll see us representing those two separate things. That's right. So like the, those first two to go back to it, Preaching of the gospel and portrayal of the gospel; those yeah. determine whether you are a church. Yeah, those yeah. are they're wrapped yeah. up in the gospel and the character of God. Right. There's a whole host of other things mm-hmm. that are going to determine the health of a church that we're going to have preferences on and convictions about, mm-hmm. but we're not going to say, "Well, that's not a church because they don't do membership like us or because they don't do X like yeah, us." Yeah. Like that would be really they preach topically; they don't preach expositionally. Yeah, really yeah. bad so, things, anyway. stuff like that. All right, well, bro, that's yeah, been yeah. you know 25 minutes or so, about 20 minutes on the church. Anything? Any other parting words before we move into the other episodes? Later. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I would just sort of finish it off by going back and really grounding all that we've said, not necessarily in the specifics, but in the bigger idea of, of the way we started this podcast. Namely, God has always had a people in a definable place, a definable people in a definable place under a definable group of ideas, rule and blessing for his definable glory. So uh, it's only a recent invention in the life of the church, a Western recent invention, to sort of emphasize autonomy, individual autonomy. And so, yeah, so that's all we're trying to do is trying to to uh, really encapsulate all this stuff inside of what the Bible teaches in its corpus. All right. Well, Restoration Church, we love you, yeah. and we'll talk to you again next time. Yes, sir. Yeah.